Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes. <laughs> yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Well done. Yeah, I finally got it. <laughs> I, just needed, I just needed the first line and then I got it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I can't remember it now. Nah, you're all right. You've got it. <laughs> right, so episode 35, surface area to volume ratio. So with jumping topics, we're going to a different topic area just to break it up a little bit. We are going to be looking over the next few weeks at lots of different gas exchange surfaces in different animals and plants. Right. So to start off with that, we're going to look at the relationship between the size of an organism or like the structure of it, and then it's, it's surface area to volume ratio. This will all become clear as we go through right, okay. the episode. And then th- looking at larger organisms, what they have to have in order to be efficient at what we call gas exchange. I will explain all those things now. Surface area is exposed surface to the outside environment. So mm-hmm. if you think our surface area is all of our skin, all of our exposed to the outside area, only that is completely useless for gas exchange because it's waterproof. So yeah. our skin is a barrier to everything. Yeah. So that would be an absolutely useless gas exchange surface. Do you know what I mean by gas exchange? Sweating? No. So gas exchange... Breathing? Yeah. Well, yes, basically. So gas exchange is oxygen in, carbon dioxide out. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that kind of swapping. Okay? We're swapping. We're taking oxygen in we're removing carbon dioxide at the same time. So that's gas exchange. So we obviously oxygen doesn't go through our skin, carbon dioxide doesn't come out of our skin. So we have had to develop surfaces inside our body that will allow that to take place. When we breathe in, we have a surface in our lungs that that exchange happens over that is that then has access to both blood and the air. Because we cannot, because of our body size and our body shape, it's not possible for us to just use our outside surface as gas exchange surface. Because by the time the oxygen gets from outside to the cells inside, we'd be dead. So we needed to develop systems and mass transport in order to support all of our body cells and not just the ones on the outside. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to look at just making sure we break down why larger organisms have to have that. That's the sort of idea. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be looking at episodes, all different episodes, where we look at each type of system that different animals have, like insects, fish, people, plants. Dogs. Well, dogs are like us. Okay. So surface, as I said, surface area is like all the exposed surface to the outside environment. Okay? There are surfaces in our body that we need to be able to get oxygen carbon dioxide across nutrients like amino acids fatty acids glycerol glucose we need to get all those things into our cells don't we and into our body 
and vitamins, minerals. We need to get rid of urea, which we create as a waste product in our body. And also we need to lose heat or try and keep heat in. So body shape, body exchange surfaces, all those things are important in that process. Mm. Okay. Volume is the amount of space an organism occupies. What, like, do you mean just sitting here? Yeah, so you as a person, how much space you're taking okay. up. Okay. An organism's surface area to volume ratio affects how quickly all those substances can get to the cells. Right. Or to the centre of the organism. And that's where the resource comes in that we have got on teachmescience.co.uk, which is a series of different diagrams. I mean, scary thing. The scary one, yeah. Okay. Now, I want to make it really clear that the good diagrams on this resource are not mine. I found these through Twitter. They have been produced by a, a teacher called Joe Castellano or Castellino. So on Twitter, she is Dr. Underscore Castellino. And I've put the link for her blog on the resource because I obviously cannot take credit for somebody yeah. else's work. So just to make that really clear, that is where I, that website on the resource is where That's I got where those got diagrams these from. from yeah. Because her blog as a teacher is sort of saying this is how I would teach this and it's a GCSE resource but it's a really good starting point. Right. So if you look at the resource it shows you how to calculate surface area and it also shows you how, how to calculate volume of a cube. Okay. I'm rubbish at maths can I say that right now? That and That's not an issue really to be honest. I will talk about how much maths is really involved but this is this is kind of just trying to show you what is meant by surface area to volume ratio rather than me asking you to do any calculations because oh, okay fair be. enough are you gonna make me do a calculation in the questions no okay that's fine no but i will talk about what sort of calculations might come up okay with the first diagram on the uh, left hand side you've got the surface area being calculated of, of one, a normal square of a, of a square okay so that's like one face of the cube and then the volume of that, so if you think like a cube, a cube. so the cube has like say six faces, you would mm. times the yeah, surface it's... area of one by six. Oh, okay. okay. And oh, that would tell okay. you the total surface area of the cube. The volume is going to be your width times height times depth. So the volume is sort of how high it is, yep. times how, how, how wide much it is, it. times how deep it is. Yeah, how much you can fill it with, yeah. So that would be in centimetre cubed cubed so your, so your surface area centimeter squared and then your volume in centimeter cubed okay what we would do next is we would look at how much surface area is there available for the volume of the actual object so you do a calculation whereby you literally just divide the surface area by the volume it's really easy and it will give you a ratio so what is the ratio of the first cube the small cube this one here what is the ratio Three to one. So the ratio is th three to one. So surface area to volume, three to one. You're basically saying like there's three bits of surface area per unit of volume. Right. That's quite good. Yeah. Like that's quite a big surface area to volume ratio. There's lots of surface area per volume. In order to get substances across that surface area to get to the centre of that cube would be really quite fast because there isn't much distance for those substances to move to reach the cells that would be in the center of that object so smaller organisms smaller objects have a surface area that is quite large enough compared to the volume to allow efficient diffusion of substances 
into and out of the organism. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. The larger an organism becomes, their volume increases at a faster rate than their surface area. So imagine in your head a polar bear, a really quite round, compact, fat polar bear. Yeah. Think about how long it would take for substances to diffuse across a polar bear's skin and to try and reach the very centre cells in the middle of their body. So their surface area to volume ratio is very small, which is great because it doesn't lose a lot of heat, but is bad if their actual outside surface was their exchange surface, mm-hmm. which it isn't, obviously. But do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah? So simple diffusion of substances would never meet the needs of any organism that is that size if it was just across the surface. It would take a long time to get there. And we can see that in the larger cube and then the comparison cubes where you're sort of looking at that. So you can see the larger cube, if you do exactly the same calculation, do the surface area and then the volume, and then do the surface area to volume ratio, what's the ratio on the bigger cube? 1.5 to 1. 1.5 to 1. So we've halved the surface area to volume ratio. So now we've only got half of surface area to one bit of volume. So we've got less access into the organism. Because it's larger, you can't get to the middle so easy. Yeah. And then you can see next to it a really good diagram where it's sort of saying, now look how far you've got to go for the larger cube to get to the Mm centre of those substances from a high concentration to a low concentration. You are creating a longer pathway, diffusion pathway, to those cells. That's why we have to develop those those systems in our bodies. And so it would take too long for the substances to reach the middle of the organism alone just by that method of transport. Oh, so over time, a lot of organisms have either developed... If they're fairly small, the flatter they are, the better. So think about a leaf. Leaves are really flat. Blood cells. What red blood cells are quite Yeah, because that needs... Like, oxygen needs to diffuse into them. That's why they're dipped, dim- dimpled and stuff in that kind of donut shaped. Yeah, so leaves are really flat, even though they can be quite wide, they're really flat. You think about things like worms, the flatter they are, the better, because they actually are using their outside surface as right. a diffusion exchange surface, like leaves. Carbon dioxide and oxygen and water and all those things have to diffuse in and out of the leaf. They have to actually use those, and worms do as well, they use their outside surfaces, flat worms and things like that. They actually use their outside surfaces as the exchange surfaces, so they have to be flat. The bigger the actual complex multicellular organisms have to have a transport system and an actual some kind of gas exchange system in their bodies like we do, because that's the only way that they mm-hmm. can supply every cell in their body with enough oxygen, glucose, and get rid of the waste as well. Just thinking about... Because one thing that we haven't yet discussed is that, of course... We've talked about animals, we've talked about worms, we've talked about leaves, we've talked about us. One thing that I just want to quickly mention, and just to set, so that we've got it in the episode, is unicellular organisms. Do you know what that means? No. So unicellular organisms are basically things that exist that are just one cell, and that is all they are. Oh, okay. So like bacteria, fungi, yeah. those sorts of things, amoeba. And obviously their cell membrane is their exchange surface. So oxygen diffuses in. Carbon dioxide diffuses out, glucose goes in and out, just in. Diffusion is really important to them and their cell membrane is really important to them because they're not going to get their oxygen. Maureen. Yeah, (laughs) that's their cell wall, their maureen. So do unicellular organisms, do they have a high or low surface area to volume ratio? No. They 
It's really easy to get to the middle. Yeah, so that's a high, a high okay. surface area to volume ratio. Yeah. Sorry, I had some little questions that I had written down from that blog because I thought they were really good questions. So I've put, so why are larger organisms not just one big cell? So why are we just not like one idiots. big massive <laughs> cell? Yeah, we would, yeah. Because <laughs> you wouldn't have a face. <laughs> yeah. But why isn't our skin actually just cell membrane? It would be dangerous because things could get you. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. But what about trying to get substances in and to the middle of our cell? The diffusion pathway is too long. Yes, exactly. So it's like you said before, for the bacteria cell or the unicellular organisms, you said it's easy to get to the centre. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were just one big cell, yes, you would have lots of issues because your outside surface would be a cell surface membrane. And yes, you possibly could have all kinds of things trying to gain access to you. Yeah. But... You wouldn't last very long anyway because... It's too low. It's too low. Your, you can't get to... Your surface low. area to volume ratio it's is too need. low and yeah. the oxygen wouldn't be able to get to the areas it needs to in your cell quick enough. Mm-hmm. It's not just got to get to the centre of the cell. It's got to get to organisms or organelles mm-hmm. within the cell like mitochondria and all if those If there things. was a cell, right, that was human being sized, would it look like a picture of a cell? I assume it would, yeah. So long as our cell theory is correct, yes. Even though they've done loads of microscope work and all the scientists that have ever done any cell biology are now at a point where they can pretty much definitely say that that's what a cell looks like, that's how it behaves. Mm. So I think, yes, it probably will. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, so in a sense, we've talked about single-celled things. We're happy now with the idea that they have a large surface area to volume ratio. Things can easily diffuse in... Mm-hmm. And, and reach the centre of the cell and they're quite happy and they can live in their little life, yeah? But then again, multicellular organisms like us, made of billions of cells, how do we get our oxygen and our substances? Well, we've had to develop systems in our body to allow that to happen. So even though technically our surface area to volume ratio is very small, if you include the actual surface area... Of our bodies inside. Inside all our alveoli all our uh, small intestine villi and microvilli because they're all scrunched up we're we're all right they're not just in like a straight line they're like all folded folded in scrunched yeah you know i only found out the other day from instagram that your lungs aren't hollow hollow no of course they're not hollow i (laughs) thought they were like you breathed in and they filled with air but there was also like alveoli on the inside like little things that stuck out of the inside and they took all the oxygen i thought because in science you do that thing where you blow up a balloon inside the jar I literally thought you had hollow lungs. And I was like, so if you, like, took someone's lung and cut it open, it would be full. It wouldn't just be, like, empty. You can't burst your lungs by breathing in too much. Well, you you can, you could have, you know... It just kept going and going and going. It wouldn't go, bang! No, that that would never happen. And your lungs never fully empty. There's always still air in there. Oh, okay. And there's always residual air because if if it was empty, then the pressure from the outside of all the air on the outside would squish your lungs. Crush your lungs. Oh my god. So you can't ever empty your lungs fully. And no, you could never fill them to a point where there was too much air and they would burst. But if there was ever a problem with your diaphragm or your lungs elasticity or anything like that, you wouldn't be able to breathe in as deep and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Sometimes I feel like that. Well, you have a slight asthma, don't you? I can't breathe very well right now. <laughs> <laughs> bit claustra. 
Yes, yeah, so, so with us, we've got cells that are so deep inside our body, right in the centre of our body, that we could never just use our outside surface and exchange surface. Mm. We need lungs, we need small intestine villi, and we need diffusion. diffusion across those surfaces, and we need a transport system that's then going to carry that oxygen and that glucose to every cell for us, because our lungs isn't next to every cell. You know, when we breathe in, we're not taking air directly to every cell, but mm-hmm. blood is. Yeah, to put them... Cells that are close to the lungs are like, mm, the freshest oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Them guys down by the toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, you see, the problem is, if your body's in trouble, it immediately protects your centre, your mm-hmm. core, doesn't it? And yeah. your fingers and toes become like jokes <laughs> to your body. Yeah. You're just like, forget them. <laughs> I'm, pu- I'm protecting the yeah. stomach, the heart and the organs and I'm keeping them warm and the brain yeah and that's and so that's why your body almost redirects blood directly to your core if you're in trouble and you're going to lose those places yeah like if you're cold and stuff like that yeah you know you can laugh and say yeah yeah like they ain't getting the freshest of oxygen but <laughs> there are probably times when they'll get none so yeah it's yeah. not great it's not great for them sometimes <laughs> oh the poor toes I know yeah, so so the rest of that resource has some other diagrams on it because I just wanted to make it really clear that obviously organisms are not squares or cubes. They're not regular shapes. Bodies are irregular. Some cells are round and some cells are... Rectangles. Rod-shaped, not rectangles, rod-shaped. And our bodies are irregular-shaped. Cone-shaped. It would be quite difficult to be able to calculate the volume of a person or even of a rod-shaped bacteria sometimes, wouldn't it? So there are calculations you can do, obviously, to calculate the volume of a cylinder and then the hemispheres at the end, which makes a rod-shaped bacteria, and they are on that resource. What I've done is I've just got you like a talk-through calculation of how to calculate the surface area-to-volume ratio of a circle, a sphere, sorry. Imagine it being 3D, not just a Mm -hmm. 2D circle, like a sphere. And also a rod-shaped thing that could be like a bacteria. So that is on that resource because even though it would never ask you to do that, I think it's important. It would never say, right, this is a bacteria cell. Give you a few dimensions and then say, right, calculate the surface area to volume ratio. It doesn't do that. But it might give you a surface area of something and say, this is the calculation that you would use to calculate this. Uh, calculate the diameter of this circle. Calculate the radius of this thing, you know, mm-hmm. of this sphere. So there could be maths in the questions asking you about surface area, volume, radius, diameter, something like that, which you need to be prepared for. So there's just some little talk-throughs of how to do that, which I've added on myself. But we aren't really going to go through them now because they're not massively relevant okay. to what we're trying to do. But I just wanted to make it really clear that you might be asked to do those things. And there is a resource there that might help you if you want to just look at how do you Perfect. calculate the, yeah. that of a circle mm-hmm. of a rod shaped bacteria. Just a, another little point I want to make before we go on to the questions. I mentioned this earlier, just about heat loss, because I just want to talk about body shape and environments hot and cold environments, that sort of thing. Because like, well, I touched on it earlier and I just want to make it a bit clearer now. We talked about a polar bear being big and round and compact. That's great for that polar bear because their surface area to volume ratio is going to be very low, which means there isn't going to be a lot of surface area to lose heat out of. And that's really important for 
a polar bear because it lives in a cold environment. So if you think about any animal really that lives in a cold environment, they've evolved to adapt to that environment by being round, big. Furry. And furry, exactly. Whereas if you compare that to things that live in dry, arid conditions... Camel. Not necessarily arid and dry, but hot. Camels have... Humps. Very, very thin, long legs and fairly long necks. And little rodent-y things or small animals that live in the desert have big ears and features that are long. Mm-hmm. And Giraffes got a long neck. Yeah, yeah, they do. Now that is important because then that gives the body shape of those things a large surface area to volume ratio. Oh, yeah. So they can lose heat easily and keep cool. I mean, it's really important that any system, and we're going to talk about these sorts of systems now in the next few weeks. We're going to start with insects next week, then look at fish, then look at people and the exchange surfaces they have. But it's important that those exosurfaces create a large surface area to volume ratio within the body. The diffusion pathways are very thin and short. Whatever membrane surface is selectively permeable, so cell membranes are, they let some things in, some things out, blah, 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 you know, that there is always a concentration gradient so that those things can move across. There's no point breathing air in and then hoping that oxygen will go into the blood if the blood's full of oxygen already. Well, so there has to, to be, breathe. exactly, there has to be a concentration gradient so that the oxygen moves into the blood. So the blood that goes to the lungs has to be deoxygenated so that it will then move across into the blood. And the transport, there has to be a transport system, so there has to be blood. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a rich blood supply going to those areas that mm-hmm. are the exchange surfaces. So shall we uh, leave it at that for now and look at the questions? Yes, let's okay. do it. So I've got three questions and I think they're fairly straightforward. The first one's a calculation. No, I, ha- I haven't kept the calculations in because we were always going to do maths videos rather than maths podcasts. So when we look at maths related to biology specification we'll do videos on that and that'll be probably one of those so question one one mark describe the relationship between size and surface area to volume ratio of organisms one mark so the bigger you are the more difficult it is to have the 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 higher the diffusion path yeah because you're big so what happens to the ratio the ratio goes down down good well done perfect so as the size increases this is literally the mark scheme as the size increases, the ratio decreases. Mm-hmm. But and you said because the to distance be is high. Yeah. Perfect. Question two. Flatworms. Would you like to look up a flatworm just so that you know what they looks like? Before we started recording, I was looking at Dr. Doctor jokes. And this was just one I'd saved. Dr. Doctor, I've just swallowed a roll of film. Come back tomorrow and we'll see what develops. Okay, I'm just looking at a picture of a flatworm now. They're watery. Yeah, they're water, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at the picture. They look hilarious. Do they look flat? Yeah, they look quite flat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Sarah's Sarah's just looking at a flatworm. If you want to look at a flatworm, just have a little look, have a little Google. Other um, search engines are available. Flatworms are small animals that live in water. They have no specialised gas exchange or circulatory systems. Name the process by which oxygen reaches the cells inside the body of this flatworm. Diffusion. Good girl. (laughs) Question three. The body of a flatworm is adapted for efficient gas exchange between the water and the cells inside the body. Explain how two features of the flatworm's body 
allow efficient gas exchange two marks what has it got that allows for efficient gas exchange some kind of gill body shape it's flat right why so it has um, a large surface area right so it has a it's a flat body but very thin right okay right thin flat body so it has a large surface area to Diffuse. volume ratio yeah okay and then why else is a thin flat body a good thing for the pics no <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> sorry i need a minute um <laughs> okay carry on um what else what have we been saying about pathways so you can get to the middle quick. Yeah. Short diffusion pathways. Okay. So Mark's scheme says thin flat body, so short distance for diffusion or short diffusion pathway. Second mark, thin flat body, so large surface area to volume ratio. Not for the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> for Insta. <laughs> Wider reading. Okay, so it's March and I've got a book... I haven't oh, okay. had a book for it a while. This book that I'd like to recommend for March is called Human Errors and it is by Nathan H. Lentz. The reason why I think this book is really good is because... Do you know how like we can always acknowledge how amazing the human body is? Yeah. Right? But we can like rarely reflect on... The bad things. The, the bad things, the problems that as our bodies have evolved to what they are now, the problems that have been created... Mm-hmm for us and in some ways then compared to other mammals as well like say for instance i'm reading this book and this human errors book and i literally cannot stop reading it because i'm like this is fascinating because you never would think oh my god why did that happen like why did Mm. that happen for instance animals like say dogs think about how boring their diet is chicken they literally eat the same things all the time right because they don't need a wide and varied diet oh their body their bodies actually make vitamins things like that their bodies actually make those things why don't we do that well exactly why has our body evolved to not make different vitamins different minerals well you can't really make minerals because they're metal ions so you have to ingest them really but can dogs make minerals no they they, again they have to sort of like why is it that our body can't do those things anymore and I would say it's probably down to mutations in the DNA, which we talked about last week. But isn't that fascinating? Anyway, just read it. There's so many things that you think, why is that? Mm-hmm. And I, But I think reflecting on the problems is really good wider reading because it makes you understand how the body's working, but at the same time thinking, well, actually, that's a bad design. It could be more like this, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's great. Yeah. It definitely makes you think beyond the spec anyway, and mm-hmm. I think it's a really great book. Has uh, there been, like, in the recent history, like, any anything that says, oh, this person has evolved? I don't think so, but they, they do think that, and this is actually in the book, mm-hmm. that the voice box is actually moving higher up to allow for more sounds and better speech. Better singing. Maybe. I don't see how that is a result of natural selection. Like, natural selection involves the least adapted dying off. But this is, there's nothing about human beings yeah. but having lower voice boxes would suggest that they're in some way not able to survive over mm. people with higher voice boxes. So 
there are those little things. I've got to say, out of all the non-fiction books that I've read, this one kept my attention the most. Usually when I read a book, I'm like, oh, I'll get to the next chapter and then I'll stop. Mm. Whereas this one, I was like, I want to read this next one. I've got this mm-hmm. bit about digestion, I want to know. Yeah. You know? That's like me with Grey's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> so, Human Errors, Nathan H. Lentz. Right. Round up. Surface area is the total area on the surface of an object. Can I just say, as soon as as soon as I start doing my roundup, Sarah picks her phone up. As soon she's not listening. Right? You can always guarantee as soon as I say roundup, I'm like blah blah blah. Out comes the hand, picks up the phone. She's like, This isn't for me. I already know it all. I've learned it just now. Anyway, surface area is the total area on the surface of an object that for organisms can act as an exchange surface for the gases, nutrients and waste. Volume is the amount of space an object or organism occupies. For exchange of these substances to be effective, the exchange surface of the organism must be large compared with the volume. Single cell organisms have a large surface area to volume ratio and these substances can diffuse directly into or out of the cell across the cell membrane. Diffusion will be efficient as there is a short diffusion pathway for the substances to travel to reach where they are needed. Small organisms such as worms and flatworms have a surface area to volume ratio that will be large enough compared to the volume so that their body surface can act as a good exchange surface. However, the larger the organisms become, their volume increases at a faster rate than their surface area so the outer surface can no longer act as an exchange surface as it would take too long for the substances to reach the cells deep in within the body. This is why many multicellular organisms need specialised exchange organs and mass transport systems. As animals' body shape is often adapted to its environment, animals with a large surface area to volume ratio lose heat quickly so tend to live in hot environments, whereas animals with compact bodies live in colder environments as their bodies have a smaller surface area to volume ratio. Got any takeaways? If you are a bigger thing, you have a lower surface area, surface to, volume ratio. area to volume ratio. Longer pathway. Yeah. Um, the lungs are not hollow. <laughs> yeah. Can't remember what else we learnt. Pretty much it, isn't it? I think that's everything. Um, That'll giraffes do. Giraffes have long necks because they like to get to the trees and to get <laughs> rid of the hot from their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of the heat from Again, the way you word things. If you would like to contact us, we have a website that's teachmescience.co.uk. You can tweet at us, that's at teachmebiocast. You can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram, and that is at teachmebiologycast. Yeah, so we're going to talk about just a couple of messages we've received recently. I don't think we talked about Ronnie from Instagram. She said, thanks for the podcast, guys. I am 28 years old, but it's never too late to learn something new. I really enjoy it. Take care. Oh, lovely. That was really nice. And then we had an email from Ashley, didn't we? You tell me. I think so. Hang on. Oh, you never an email the other week. I sent it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Did you reply? No. I what, did you reply? No. Oh, neither of us have replied. 
Sorry. Because uh, I can't reply from my own personal email. It was a, it was a specific question, wasn't it? Yeah, it I was. I was like, I can't answer this, so I don't know the answer. Yeah. I put it on our story. Wanted to send an email saying thank you. I drive for work and I've just went back to school. I'm studying for my bachelor's in science and your podcast is an amazing teaching tool. I was wondering if you were doing one on cellular respiration. I'm yeah, having a hard time great. remembering it. Listening to your podcast always gives me a different way of learning a tab bit to stick. Thank you. And I did put it on my story and I just said yes, but nearer to the summer. So if so you Ashley, are listening, yes, Ashley... in the summer. Yeah, but it will be, I would say, more like June, July. Mm-hmm. So that, I don't know if that's going to be helpful to you yeah. or not. But that's when we'll be doing that sort of mm-hmm. Are we going to be taking matter. a summer break? No. Oh. <laughs> what about when I go on the cruise? We'll do episodes ahead. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's you hoping you go on the cruise. <laughs> right. And just finally, we want to talk about Britney. We received, no, Brittany from Instagram, we received the loveliest message last night and we were both buzzing. Yeah. Because this is just the best. And I have to say, Brittany, you are our absolute bestie, favourite listener. listener. I cannot begin to tell you what a game changer your podcast has been for me. I have a lovely biology teacher who talks to me with analogies, trying to make associations to her so that I can remember biology information. I get lost after about five minutes. You guys give me all the same information without all the weeds to get through. And with your lovely accents, I'm American. And camaraderie, it seems to stick in my brain. Thank you. As you break things down and explain what you're looking for on an exam, a light bulb goes off and it just clicks. I also love when you ask, is that okay? (laughs) I will have to say, to go through each section in class, I go and check. Uh, your lineup to make sure there's an episode on that information. I dread the day that you don't have the answers for me. You two do a wonderful job sharing information, and can Sarah earn her doctorate in biology? <laughs> I don't think I'm smart enough. For I that. was so happy when I read that last night because you just seem to get us, which is great, and you do mm. seem to just kind of go along with all our chat, 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 and whatever we, you know, yeah. whatever tangents yeah. we go off on, but. Thank you so much for saying that we're helping you and that mm-hmm. and that what we're doing is good. Yeah. And, and... Also, when I edit the podcast, I try to cut out as many of the "Are you? Is this okay? Oh. Is that all guys, right?" You, as you, I possibly can. Seriously, guys, you seriously don't understand what a load of rubbish the podcast is until Sarah like works her magic on it and removes every mm, uh, ooh, mm, uh, ooh, uh, okay. It's like thirty seconds of silence. Yeah. <laughs> If we actually put out raw episodes, we would have zero listeners. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be rubbish. But thank you so much to everyone that does listen. And, you know, if you send us a message and talk to us, we are just the happiest people ever. Mm-hmm. So thank you so and much. And we do reply, but something happened there with Ashley and we didn't reply. I'm sorry, sorry, Ashley. Sorry, Ashley. Sorry, Ashley. Sorry, Ashley. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I was, well, I noticed on our thing? Because there was actually a big issue with the Buzzsprout this week oh Did yeah you i see saw that on instagram where they have like an attack on, on their thing but then it that made me look at our numbers and we've got more listeners from america than england now wow no that's i'm happy that's fine of course i'm i'm really over the moon but it, do you think where we started and we were like let's do this podcast that it'll be yeah. a laugh and we'll teach people like this yeah. for a level biology it's for like you know people in our country yeah that are doing a level biology and it's just reaching so many other people because I suppose, again, like we said before, science is science. You can't mm. change it. Yeah. But we never 
believed for a second that people would give us the time of day mm. i think and that it, yeah. it makes us really happy to think that we actually that people listen and we're not up there with the big people we know that we don't yeah. have the numbers that yeah that the big podcasts have we know but we never expected that but to think that we have a little community of people that are listening and using our, yeah, our information yeah. is, is really good thank you so much was that the bell yeah that was the bell oh, yeah great i've got a I've actually got loads of work on it because obviously we're going back to work. We're going back to school next week and I've got loads of catch-up to do. <laughs> so much work I've missed. <laughs> what are you saying, the whole of lockdown, you do no work? Not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you better go. Do you think people actually think I'm a student? <laughs> I don't know. Like, we have... <laughs> I don't go to school. <laughs> you know, we talk about how we're... Like, I am an actual teacher. You are an actual... Like first aid in a school, you're not yeah. a student, but you've kept up this persona as being a but student. I'm like a fourteen year old because I'm it? teaching you, yeah. but obviously you're not a student. I'm not a student really. <laughs> but you better go and do your work. Yeah. <laughs> so, Got all that work to do. I'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Um, this has been Teach Me Biology. My name is Sarah Matthews, and I'm Ria Corbett. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.